0: Welcome to the recap part of the podcast, where we go back and listen to, it no, we don't listen. No, nope. we just recap the previous week's sermon, yeah. and the previous week's sermon was preached by me, moi. So, so <laughs> hon,
1: hon, hon.
0: <laughs> let's. Uh, <laughs>
1: I, don't, I don't. I don't understand. Understand how you use that.
0: The ha ha ha. Yeah, I guess my ha ha ha. Well, I yeah. said it, it. I mean, it's French. That's <laughs> supposed to be. Oh, that's right, Nicolas. <laughs> that's right. Jean, that's how that came up. Jean Calvin. Jean Calvin. Nicolas. <laughs> ha, ha, right. moi. So uh Moi. So, just a word to those of Preach you that moi. think we are entirely too oh. uh, jocular on this uh, this podcast. No one thinks that. Yeah, there are people that think that um, we're too jocular. Yeah, some people have have said that. Um, you know, mm. we, uh, seek to model on the podcast to some degree, the friendship and camaraderie that we have together. And this is part of that. So, um, yeah,
1: we, uh, I'm locking in, I'm getting serious.
0: Okay. All serious. So, uh, no more Genesis 15, one through six, I preached a sermon. That sermon was on six verses. Very unusual for me. I enjoyed the opportunity. Thanks, Dave.
1: I had you preach one time on a really long passage and now you no, just there were, there,
0: I preached, uh, a, I preached on 60 verses and I preached on 72 verses.
1: What was the 60 verse one?
0: Um, wasn't that the Genesis or acts 27? Like acts 27 had
1: all of that.
0: And then Acts seven or six or what? Oh, gosh, I can't remember. No, it was Stephen's, uh, trial or Stephen's accusation was the super long one.
1: Yeah. Anyways, I mean, 44 verses, but it's all right. <laughs> Not big. So six.
0: who? I enjoyed preaching. It was great. Wish I could have done uh, maybe a little bit more comparing some things about different understandings of righteousness in the Old Testament. But uh, trying to land more on the New Testament. That's
1: all I have to say about it. (laughs) Great. It's like a three minute recap. Why don't you go ahead and recap it like
0: you always ask us to do. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's probably a dangerous thing to have the host also. Uh, So here, I'll do it. So Daniel, why don't you just, uh, uh, recap for us? Dave just said that the entire, Oh, Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, six verses, uh, kind of a movement of just a back and forth between God and Abram. Um, Why is he called Abram and not Abraham? Why why is that the case so far? And that's his current name. And at some point it'll be changed to Abraham. What do those two names mean? Do we remember off the top of our heads? I don't remember. Well, Abraham is the father of many nations. I don't remember what Abram is off the top of my head. So, yeah, but it's kind of a back and forth between God appears, um, don't be afraid, Abram, I'm your shield. Your reward will be very great. And then Abram responds and says, I, I'm, you know, without a child. There's a, another man, man of another household. Or a man of my household is going to be uh, father of multitudes. That's what Abram means. So Abram uh, says another man's going to be my heir. And then God says, no, this other man will not be your heir, but your very own son. And he takes him outside says, look at the stars and, um, you know, as you see all these stars, can you count all these stars? Um, so will your offspring be. And Abraham believe Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. Um, and so that's a back and forth. And just, a. Uh, I mean, Genesis 15, six is one of the most quoted verses in the new Testament. There are entire chapters that unpack, um, that verse, Roman's four probably being the chiefest among them. Um, but there's definitely like, um, you know, Paul in Galatians, um, you know, the author of Hebrews definitely, you know, about <laughs> half a chapter kind of orients around that.
1: It's, um, pre- it's pretty essential in James James, two, yeah. two.
0: James chapter two. Um, you know, the, the works is, con- you know, faith is confirmed by works. Um, and the kind of faith that saves is always the kind of faith that, um, includes works. So I thought about going there. Um, I w- thought about going to James too. I just kind of made a brief mention of it when I touched on faith in Ephesians too, um, but kind of ran out of time. Great.
1: Oh. I've got a question for you. Thanks, Dave. So uh, one, of the, one of the things I thought you said was, uh, or the places you went with it that was, was helpful was you... I think maybe you help to, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes we look at a story like Abram and we go, man, this guy is like a superhero. He believed God and man, I'm having a hard time believing God in these, in these areas in my life. And so I think you did a good job of making him a regular guy and also even maybe making the idea of doubt um, okay, you know, a little bit more okay. You said something um, like, you know, a comment you made, and it might have just been like stream of consciousness, but you made a comment that said something like, "Our, you know, our strength can't be, uh, our faith can't be strengthened without measures of doubt to work through," and so I wanted to ask you if you mean that in totality, or if that was just kind of in reference to this, because I would wonder, you know. Can our, can our faith be strengthened when we're not doubting? You know, I mean, that be that was one of the questions. You know, that was one of the doubts I had about the doubting part of.
0: Doubts you had <laughs>
1: about the doubting part. Doubts you had about. Or, or a story. question. I just wondered how you meant it as you said it.
0: Yeah. So I would, so it uh, might have been stream of consciousness. I think it's the normal pattern that tr- whether you call it doubts, whether you call it trials, whether you call it whatever exactly, the, the possibility of doubt in the promises, even if doubt doesn't actually arise in the heart, um, as a, as a temptation that, um, faith is not strengthened apart from trial. The pattern of the life of faith is always suffering then glory. And so, uh, I don't think that it's true that our faith in God needs to wane before it can wax in every instance. But I do think it's true that apart from the testing of it, which could potentially produce doubt, that it will, it will uh, ultimately falter. Um, and so God is gracious. This is even James one uh, or first uh, Peter one, which I did quote, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. trial of your faith or James, the same word is used for temptation and for test that from one perspective, there's temptations arising in our hearts but from God's perspective, that's a test
1: mm-hmm.
0: intended to be one. So I, I'm not talking about doubt that's sinful, in in, in like necessarily sinful doubt, mm-hmm. but the temptation to start disbelieving the promises of God mm-hmm. that then has to be taken back to God.
1: Mm-hmm. What would you say? Because um, I, I agree with all that. I think that's great. What would you say about a place like... Uh, thinking of like, um, I forget what Psalm it is, but it says, you know, t- don't forget the Lord's benefits or a place like Philippians 4 where Paul would say, I've learned to be content, I think the, to rest, to trust in times of uh, lack of and in yeah. times of plenty. Yep. So would you would the the lens you just put on that be, well, the time of plenty is its own kind of test as well for where you're gonna hope and what you're gonna believe. Um, or would you say that's a different category than the kind of trial you're talking about? Because James and Peter are talking about suffering trial. Suffering yeah,
0: persecution. Yeah. So I mean, is there a I'm trying to remember, um is it a proverb or is it is it a text and you guys help me out, you know. Uh you know uh and I don't think it's just a popular saying. It's either it's in wisdom literature in the Old Testament. But you know, uh, give me not give me not poverty so that I curse my God, but give me neither riches mm-hmm. so that I forget my God. It's
1: a proverb somewhere. It is yeah. it is, yeah. and I can't
0: remember it off the top of my head. But I, I would put both of those in the category of doubt like potential doubt. So whether it's plenty or lack, it's like it's still a temptation to doubt or diminish the promises of God, um, mm-hmm. from either angle. So I, I would put both of those in there, even what Paul is saying in Philippians four, um, you know, him learning to be content, I think, in some measure, especially look at Second Timothy and how he's riding the waves of of pain and uh, despair to some degree.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think what I have learned to be content is not he becomes a stoic. Mm-hmm. but, he has learned that those waves are normal, and he knows how to surf. Mm-hmm. Like he knows how to ride them as they come and go, mm. um, instead of he's knocked about by them mm. as they come and go.
1: Yeah. I'm,
0: I just have I have one more question about that. I'm not trying to hit me contradict you. I'm just trying to push it into the corners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so wouldn't wouldn't you say that our faith though is also? I mean, certainly it's strengthened. By suffering, but isn't it also strengthened just through the ordinary means of grace in everyday life? Oh, yeah. And so, like, I would say that the, you know, in the sermon, what's the ordinary means of grace in the reassurance is God's word. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, that's what is necessary when these things arise is we have to be reassured by a regular rhythm. And I would just say that is God's grace. That is the means of grace. And I mean, I've just, I've had times of really sweet times in the word and fellowship with him when I'm not experiencing a particular trial. Yeah. You know, I, so I'm just trying to just think that through a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, that's absolutely true. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. So if I said something stream of consciousness that portrayed every instance of the Christian life, like you, you cannot grow in any kind of regular way. And if I need to go back and ask, Somebody to edit the sermon out, just, you know, something like that. <laughs> no, I totally no, no. I understand yeah. what you were saying, man. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, yeah. like but I said, I, just I trying to push the, it into so the, in the clarify whether whether um, high or low, the the thing needed is the same. The reassurance of God's promises. It is yep in His Word, um, which I would just call a means of grace, a, a common means of grace.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So and that's what God does to Abram. That's what, um, in the quotations of the Psalms and Abram in Romans four is what happens. That's what is in first Peter, mm-hmm. um, yep. is a, is this reassurance is a rhythm of a reassurance that I think your, your, um, description, I've mm-hmm. had sweet times in the words is reassurance. Mm-hmm. It's reassurance to you. Um, whether in the absence or the presence of maybe a presenting trial, Yeah. It's yeah. still just uh, that kind of a reassuring mm-hmm. word. So, uh, if you're listening to this and you're like, "Man, I need to fuel up my doubt engine so I can make some leaps and bounds in my faith," uh, that's not n- necessarily what this season of life might be for you. Yeah, and that wasn't. And there's a, yeah, 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 but yet there's a there is a flavor that um, the Christian life is strengthened through trial. And at least the temptation towards doubt and the promises of God. Yep. For those that God has promised He will keep.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I thought it was one of the most helpful things in the sermon for you to highlight it and kind of felt to me like push on the kind of real life tension, like right where it's at. You just this that one statement made me go, I wonder how much he means by that. I don't I don't yep. think I don't think it was it's confusing helpful. in yeah, the
0: helpful. sermon. Thanks, Ben.
1: I thought I thought the rest of it was I thought you dealt with the text really well. You went to good New Testament places, like you said. I mean, like you said, yeah, it shows up so many places. You could have just said, "So he believed." There are some stars. It was good. Let's go to Romans and Galatians. And I thought that Yeah, it could have been just a New Testament sermon. <laughs> I, I, I thought you dealt with the the context well and, and brought the, the New Testament into it appropriately. So I thought that was all really good. Thanks, guys. That's all. Cool.